What's up, wrestling fans, trading card collectors? Welcome to another episode of Wrestling With Cards, the podcast. I'm your host, Zan. You can check me out all over social platforms. And don't forget, go check out the YouTube channel of the same name of this podcast, Wrestling With Cards, where a lot of these audio versions exist in video version, but are slightly different as I go back and record these podcasts based on those old videos. And sometimes my opinions change. Sometimes they stay the same. Sometimes there's additional information that I can give you that is not in those videos. So head over there and subscribe. And if you're liking this show, subscribe here as well. Share it with a friend. Now, before we get into today's show, five ways to invest in wrestling cards. I just want to say the usual. I'm not a financial advisor. This is for entertainment purposes. You do with your money what you will. But today I'll be looking back at this topic I did on, and it's become one of my most popular videos five ways to invest in wrestling cards. This is one of my earlier videos. Quality sucks, but hey, gotten pretty good feedback on it. I've gotten better at doing a lot of these videos. So I figured I would give a good recap and maybe a little bit of an update to some of these opinions. Why do I say update? Well, like I said before, a lot of this information stays true based on the previous video I did. Some of it can change a little bit. Some of it, there's just additional information. I think it's interesting that I'm talking about investing in wrestling cards. When you look back at the 80s and the 90s, junk wax era, you know, people were looking at Greg Jeffries and all of these players that are going to put your kids through college. And yeah, we all know how that turned out. Meanwhile, people were saying to me during this period, don't buy wrestling cards. Those aren't going to be worth anything. Those are complete junk. And well, look at what's going on today. You've got 1990 classic Hulk Hogan and rockers and ultimate warrior cards selling out more than Greg Jeffries. So how did that work out? That's all I got to say. Before we jump into this though, just a few quick show notes. If you haven't already, check out the Worlds Collide podcast. There's another wrestling card podcast I'm doing with Tony Vela from WrestlingTradingCards.com. Two YouTube wrestling card personalities coming together to talk all things wrestling cards. And as well, don't forget to check out wrestling with cards on patreon links to both of those are in the show notes let's jump into the topics so we're going to go in the same show order as what the video i did and some's changed some's not changed like i said let's start with autographs autographs are still one of the best things that you can buy even in the modern mass-produced world of tops product they're still more rare than insert cards or base cards that they're putting out you even have the trading card company Leaf putting out entire sets based around numbered autograph cards. Most people prefer on-card autographs as opposed to the sticker autographs, which is where the wrestler or the player, if you're looking at sports cards, sign a sticker and then the sticker is like transparent, just gets put on the card because they didn't have the cards in front of them to sign for whatever reason. But even the sticker autos have a personal connection to that wrestler besides just the piece of cardboard. Autographs are still sought after and sell well, even for lower tier wrestlers, regardless if they are even still active in the ring or if they're even still popular. And a couple examples I have, go back and look at my Follow the Flip video. And I talked a little bit about that on my previous Follow the Flip podcast episode. But the video, I really show you how you could sell lower end autograph cards of wrestlers that aren't even that popular and they still sell well. 
you know, like I said, they just have that personal connection to you and the wrestler than just the piece of cardboard with the picture. And another really good example, kind of giving you that experience in an autograph card and how it ties you to that wrestler would be the 2020 Tops Transcendent Stain card. Now it's not serial numbered, which I hate. I love serial number cards. That being said, this is an auto with a bat relic. And I believe the bat is from WrestleMania 31. So you have a piece of something that was involved in Sting's first WWE match with an auto on the same card. That's exactly what I'm talking about. If that doesn't get you excited to go buy that card, I'm not sure what does. The next way you can invest in wrestling cards is complete sets. Now, this is something that has changed slightly. With the recent explosion in wrestling card popularity, especially on the vintage stuff, and again, I talk about vintage stuff being like 2002 backwards. I know wrestling's different. Um, of course, you can still find deals every now and then with you know a listing that's incorrect or something worded wrong. You can also still find modern wrestling card sets pretty cheap. But people have really started pricing these sets accordingly based on what's in them. So if you look at the 1985 tops with the Hogan's or the 1998 comic images with the rock cards, 91 classic with the taker rookie cards, Merlin, of course, the 91 Merlin. Those are just a few examples of some card sets that you used to be able to buy for 20, 30, 40 bucks. And now you're lucky to get them under a couple hundred because people have just kind of caught up and they know what's in the sets. So instead of trying to sell the cards individually and piece out the sets, they're now pricing the sets as if the whole thing is worth what that one card is worth, which sometimes is the case and sometimes isn't. But just kind of food for thought on that. Um, I think sets are a good long-term hold because down the road, some people may want all of the wrestlers, not just one or two. Once again, that's something that wrestling has that a lot of sports cards don't, is there are so many set collectors. I think there's still a lot of set collectors in baseball, not so much in the other sports, it seems. I could be wrong. But wrestling seems like the fans want complete sets, which is cool. I mean, I don't personally do that, but I think it's awesome that people do that. So maybe a long-term hold. Uh, not going to be able to get as good of deals right now. So again, that's something that's changed as opposed to when I first made the video on this topic. And now a quick word from our sponsors. And let's get back into the show. Sealed product. Now this is a segment of wrestling cards that, I, that has really exploded and not just in vintage. Sealed product seems to be drying up both on the secondary markets as well as retail for modern releases for wrestling cards. So what I'm thinking is people are mainly buying this stuff up, ripping it, sending it in to get graded, and that's normally the best way to get high grades in pack fresh boxes. But we are even seeing increases in sets that don't have as much of a chase. For example, 1991 Impel, which a lot of people will joke is still being printed to this day, there are really no key or chase cards in this set. You did have the Sting hologram, but I believe that was only in cases, so maybe people are chasing cases, but I never find them. You've started seeing just these base boxes, which you could buy for five, $10 a piece in the past. Now, 40, 50, 60 above that. And there's really nothing in it other than if you're a fan, of course, you have the fun with the rip and then hopefully getting a really nice copy to then send in to get graded and then make your money back. With PSA prices raising, not just PSA actually, 
all the grading companies raising their prices and millions of cards backlog. Will that potentially cut down some of this activity? Will people start holding this product like I prefer to do? Who knows? It'll be interesting to monitor. And just as one more side note, one thing I'm never going to move away from is buying and holding long-term sealed product. I just think it's a no-brainer to buy these if you have the discipline to hold on to them because they're a product that's designed to be opened, right? So when so many people are opening them, the sealed ones just get more rare by the day. And I've said this analogy in some other social media posts or videos, I can't remember, but you can't really put the toothpaste back in the tube, so to speak, once it's out. Same thing could be said with wrestling products. So if you've got the discipline, buying and holding long-term for sealed product is definitely an awesome way to go. Graded rookies and legends. Now this is an area that has both seen an increase in interest, but there's also a few deals that can still be found out there if you're looking hard enough. A lot of this just depends on the wrestlers on the cards. Some of the really old stuff seems to go undervalued. And I really think this is because the names on the cards don't seem to be as popular for wrestling card collectors. And I'm talking about stuff like from the 70s backwards. So, you know, if you have like Gorgeous George, uh, Superstar Billy Graham even, a lot of these guys aren't going to draw the same interest to the mainstream wrestling card collector or sports card collector in general as a Hulk Hogan, Undertaker, Bret Hart, etc. Meanwhile, people have also started to pick over the bigger names and the cart and have those cards graded. But again, there's still opportunities out there and it brings up a great idea. I mentioned PSA increasing their prices, all the other companies increasing. So do we think that possibly current graded cards could go up in value by default across the board, no matter what it is, just based on pricing? Uh, that has nothing to do with even wrestling cards. That's just kind of an economics thing. But again, similar to the sealed market, this will be something interesting to monitor. And I'm not sure what will happen with this, but we'll find out. And just one more quick side note on the graded legends and rookie cards. I said there's still deals out there and there are, but they've just been picked over so much compared to when I first recorded the video of this. A lot of the really old stuff, 50s, 60s, you can still find. But even finding, you know, used to, you could get a graded, you know, Hogan card for 20 bucks, which is not much more than it costs to grade the card plus the price of the card, you know? So that would be like essentially a graded card you're buying for the price of a raw. A lot of that stuff's just really drying up lately long, like I said, with sealed product. People have gotten smarter. I don't know if they watched my previous videos or they're just taking other elements of investing that they've pulled from other avenues, but it's getting harder and harder. But if you put in the work, you can still find it. Speaking of putting in the work, the last way you can invest in wrestling cards, and this is a controversial one, outside investments. This is still probably my favorite category. And you may be thinking, Zan, if you like wrestling cards so much, why would you focus on stuff that's not wrestling cards? Well, the truth is, a lot of wrestling stuff I want is for my PC, and a lot of that stuff is way up there in price. And a lot of the times, the only way that I can afford it is to start thinking outside of the box on how to create enough capital to get them. I've stated before, I generally am not messing around with like base sets and collecting all of these wrestlers, you know, the Furnace and Lafon, like I respect what those guys have done, 
but you know, I'd rather have Hogan autographs. I'd rather have Steve Austin autographs. I'd rather have Triple H autographs, etc. Road Warriors PC. You guys know I collect them. And I've stated many times that I don't spend personal money on anything hobby related. So all of my spending comes from selling other hobby related items, whether that's cards, collectibles, etc. I'm always looking at different ways to generate money to then go back into my big boy card PC, so to speak. Not only is this a financially responsible way of going about operating in the hobby, but I've also learned a lot about other aspects of the hobby. And some of it has piqued my interest of things that I want to go back and add to my collection. And that could then lead to other investments, other flips, etc. down the road. And I'll just mention stuff like graded video games has piqued my interest. Different avenues of cards, such as Garbage Pail Kids, Marvel, etc. I know a lot of that stuff's popular, but a lot of the stuff I've looked at or talked about or want to look at is not exactly what everyone else is talking about. Graded figures and toys has kind of piqued my interest. Different things to, you know, just kind of add to the collection as I see fit, or just looking for constant deals on bulk collections. I've recently started selling on TCG Player, and there's a lot of bulk Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, etc. And the thing is, if you're doing the math on how to buy and resell and what you're paying for these, you really don't even need to necessarily know that much about that type of card. It's just basic economics of how you can buy and sell. And then, like I said, take that money, put it into the stuff that you really want. If you do it that way, you're never going to go into debt buying cards. You can kind of keep a downside risk. And it's just a win-win in my opinion. Thanks again for checking out this episode. Hopefully I brought you some value and some good ways that you can invest into your wrestling card collection. If you like this show, make sure to share it all over social platforms. Tag me in it. Tag wrestling fans and trading card fans and other podcasts. Let's just continue to build this listenership and get people more on board with wrestling cards and just have fun talking about them because a lot of times just general discussion about wrestling cards is some of the most fun things, sometimes even more fun than collecting them. Hope you guys have an awesome day. Thanks for listening. Until next time, see ya.